Hey, theater people, Patrick here. Broadway Con 2018 is upon us, you guys, and I could not be more excited. BroadwayCon is happening this weekend, January 26th to the 28th, here in New York City at the Javits Center. Full weekend passes and day passes are still available. You can find the complete schedule, information, and tickets at BroadwayCon.com. If you're looking for me at BroadwayCon, I'm doing a bunch of stuff, but the three biggies are... My LGBT Out on Broadway panel, featuring Jen Colella, Jay Armstrong Johnson, Ariana DeBose, Tyler Haynes, and Cesar Samayoa on Saturday at 11 a.m. The Theater People live show starring Laura Benanti, you guys, which will be just the two of us in conversation on the main stage at 2 p.m. on Saturday. And the panel of just Jillian Pensavale and me in conversation on Saturday evening at 5 p.m. Jillian is, of course, my podcast soulmate. She's the producer and host of the Hamilcast and co-host with me of True Crime Obsessed. And, you guys, there's going to be a Broadway podcasting table in the marketplace where you can stop by and hang out with me and Jillian, the crew from Broadwasted, and Alana Levine of the Little Known Facts podcast. Again, you can find the complete schedule and tickets at broadwaycon.com, and I'll see you this weekend. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Hines. You guys, I am so, so, so excited to welcome today's guest, Ryan Redmond, to the podcast. I became obsessed with Ryan back in 2012 when she made her Broadway debut as Bridget in Bring It On, the musical. Bridget was the kind of heavy set, maybe a little awkward, but super funny and sweet sidekick to the show's main character, Campbell. I just loved the character and her. I basically was her in high school. And oh my God, can this girl sing. Ryan was next seen in If Then on Broadway and then went on to originate the lead role of Taylor in the critically beloved musical Gigantic off-Broadway. This spring, she's back on Broadway in Escape to Margaritaville, and I cannot wait to see it. I was over the moon to get to talk to her. Here's our conversation. Listen up, this is Hi, Ryan Redmond. I'm going to be in my gay woman voice for most of the time. I'm so excited to meet you. Nothing (laughs) less. So I'll take you back to the first time we met. Okay. So I was, I'm a super fan. I'm Thank a super, you. super, super fan. So we were, I was backstage at If Then to interview LaShawns for this very podcast. My girl. I mean, nobody better. There she's, actually is nobody better. She's the kindest, nicest. Hers was the first in dressing room interview we ever did. Oh, really? And she was one of the first, like, legends we had on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I remember trying to set up in her dressing room, and I was, like, drop. I was so nervous. Just shaking. I was. I was, like. And, <laughs> and then, that was a small dressing room, too. So. Right. I know. But also, it's right across the stage. So I got to walk across the stage and be, uh-huh. like, oh, my Broadway dreams are coming true for one minute. Yep. My, like, 15-year-old Broadway dreams. <laughs> but on the way out, you were coming in, and I saw you. And I was, like, Bridget, I love you so much. I was, like, losing my mind. And oh. LaShawn's was, like, this is Ryan. You need to have her on your podcast. I was, like, I know. I, I know I, I do. That. Do you? Now that you say that, I'm like, of course. I mean, because obviously so many people come through. But yeah, of course. I absolutely remember that. <laughs> well, it's nice. To, I'm yes. so glad we made this happen. I'm so, so glad. I've also recently spent like six months living inside of Bring It On. I know. I'm telling you when I heard that your episode on that, I was sobbing. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, you know, thank you. I'm sorry that you were crying, but I'm glad no, that you liked it. it was it. good sobs. It was so great. 
and like thorough and yeah. exciting and it was I amazing. I love all the people that you got on there. It was Thank awesome. Thank you. We tracked down everybody. I, it, I could tell. Yeah. It was, f- I mean, those, those episodes are so fun and bring it on. Especially I was like, I loved that show. You know, I was saying to Andy Blankenbuehler, like mm-hmm. I kind of went into it like, what is this going to be? And within 25 seconds, I was just, everybody in the audience was just all in on it. Mm-hmm. That, I feel like that was the general yeah. consensus. Everyone was like, what is going to happen? <laughs> Will I like this? Will I hate this? And then they came out and they're like, wow, I was very this pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Let's start with your current, current project. Okay. So, Escape to Margaritaville. Yes. What on earth? What on earth? I mean, it's exactly what you would imagine. Well, or maybe not, actually. Um, it's a parrot head's dream, which is what Jimmy Buffett's <laughs> yes. fans are called. Yes. Um, it's so those are it's, rent heads for people who like Jimmy Buffett. You exactly. Guys. <laughs> Very similar crowd. Exactly. <laughs> it's not, or may, hopefully it will become a similar totally. crowd. Um, but yeah, it's just all of his amazing, like legendary songs and, and some new to, songs, right? There's a few new songs. Oh, there is, I can't, apparently I'm not good at grammar. There are a few songs. Um, <laughs> In the show, um, but not many. There's, I think it's like maybe one or two and a half. Something That's like still that. pretty cool. It's, yeah, it's still amazing. But the way that um, they have molded these Jimmy Buffett tunes that have some of the craziest lyrics. Yeah, and yeah. Like the some of the silliest themes. Yeah, it's so shocking how they have molded it into this plot that is endearing and makes sense, and you fall in love with these characters, and you really realize how much of an amazing storyteller that Jimmy Buffett is. Yeah, and was when he was writing these songs. And it's funny. It's I was awesome. reading the um, Charles McNulty, uh-huh. the critic for the LA Times, notoriously like a really tough critic. Okay, loved it. Oh, good. And he was he like, saw it in La Jolla. He saw it in La Jolla. Okay. Yeah, and he was saying how. Just like he's like, what? What's not to love? Like yeah. it's the it's a he like the opening line of the of the review is something like it's chill time. It, it absolutely. I mean, we opened the show with "License to Chill," which is one of totally. Jimmy's um, amazing songs, and it it really is. It's just it's on an island. You kick back. Everybody's smiling and seeing these fans and audience members having such a good time and such a crazy time in our society right now is right. just like so refreshing. Oh right, what and great timing! It you really, guys. it really is. And we we did New Orleans and Houston and Chicago um, on the little pre Broadway mini tour and just seeing those different demographics and different people yep. showing up to those cities. They're just there to have a good time and you know, it's beachy, it's you know, you just lay back, you kick back and yeah. That's what you're going to get. You know, we're not doing Shakespeare. It's <laughs> right. like it's just so fun and it's such a silly group of people and You have some of like the, the my favorite people on that show. So I there's know. you and I'm so excited Thank and there's you. Lisa Howard who I'm obsessed oh. with. Paul I, Nolan, who I'm obsessed with. Me too. I mean, what is it like? So you've really, your Broadway, actually your Broadway and off-Broadway work has all been original stuff. Uh-huh. How is it to like get the opportunity to like create something from the ground up again? Is it exhausting at this point? Or <laughs> no, is it like amazing? I actually don't really know much different. Mm-hmm. So, which is a really awesome thing to be a part of. Um, yeah, I mean, I've really only done 
exist like i did hairspray for a week at the muni but that's yeah. pretty much it when it comes to you know with the exception of a few other regional shows but just getting to develop these shows is so exciting and you know there's no preconceived notions there's just sort of making it up in the room and you know seeing what comes of that and yeah. all the teams that i've worked with have been so incredibly collaborative and they care about the actor's input into the story and especially um, Mike O'Malley and Greg Garcia, who wrote Margaritaville. Um, they're TV guys who are just right. so... They Some work of my off, favorite shows. Oh, my God. It's so cool. Yeah. And my name they, is Earl. Survivor's Remorse. Like, yeah. all these... They're really funny guys, and they, they like, feed off of everything that we do. Um, yeah, I mean, one of my characters in the show is a, a TSA agent, and I the first day of hers, like, came out, like, gave her a southern accent, and Greg Garcia was like, oh, my... And he, like, started giving me more lines... <laughs> Because I think he just like had no idea that that's who she was. And I was like, okay, today she's going to be Southern because I'm Southern. And I see, I'm always curious how actors have the confidence to do something like that. I, I mean, I'm curious too. I, <laughs> I've sort of, I've always been loud mouthed and, you know, outgoing. And I, I, I do remember the first day it was a scene with Allison Love and she was like, oh, that's how you get more lines, huh? <laughs> Like it's, I wasn't even doing it on purpose. I just was like, this is a TSA agent. She doesn't really have a name. Yep. So I'm just going to give her a Southern accent and like, you know, draw upon many hilarious people that I know because I'm from Cumming, Georgia. Yeah. Um, and, and make her Southern. And I just, she's like, I named her Trish and she's just like real Southern. Like, and they were oh like, okay, God, this is what we're going to go with. Well, okay. On that front, I want to ask you a little bit about like, so you've done, you know, Bridget was a lead uh-huh. and your character in Gigantic was the lead. Uh-huh. How was it for you to sort of vacillate between doing like leading roles and ensemble tracks? Totally. It's interesting. I mean, obviously I would love to be the star, <laughs> um, but this, well, the, the opportunity with if then was sort of, I like could not pass up like yeah. working with Adina Menzel and LaShawns and Anthony Rapp, people I grew up listening to. Totally. And it was with Tom Kitt and that sort of just, you know, bring it on bled into that. The, we were workshopping if then during bring it on, which was super cool experience. Oh, I was wow. like, yeah. So just knowing Tom and trusting him and being like, yeah, I'm going to do this show that ended up being another three years of my life and such a blessing. And then, um, yeah. And then this show, it's like, I can't, I'm working with Jimmy Buffett. I've also looked up to Lisa Howard so much, just being a curvy girl in theater. And my agent was like, you'd be covering Lisa Howard. And I'm like, Oh really? Yeah. So I cover her and I went on in Houston. So I got to do the role. Um, but just, I love her so much. And I like, I, want her voice inside of me yeah and like that was like please keep your voice we need you to keep your voice <laughs> okay fine fine but maybe just for one day because i have lisa howard's beautiful mix totally <laughs> um so yeah that was, it's just sort of these things that i'm like i can't pass this up and i know being my type and the i know i'm special and i know those roles are going to be maybe sometimes few and far between or maybe i'm gonna have a, a stint where I, i'm getting a ton of lead roles but i know that what I'm doing now is special as well. And just getting to be in the room with these people and, you know, being in a show with these TV writers, which is ultimately yeah. my goal. To oh, be on. TV is like yeah, your I, thing. Yeah. I mean, I really, really, really want to be like a star of a sitcom. Like yeah. that is my yeah. ultimate goal. So just little things that I like, I feel like it's important to, you know, these stepping stones for us to do, you know, obviously I would love to be 
you know, Adina Menzel, right. but not all of us can be that awesome yet. Well, you're super young. Like, uh, you have a huge career ahead thank of you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's sort the sort of thing where I'm like, I can't pass up this opportunity to work with Tony award-winning Christopher Ashley. Who Christopher has, Ashley is like, we did come from away for uh, Broadway Backstory this season too. And I got to sit with him for an hour. Isn't and just, he like, the pick best? His brain. Yeah. He's he is, incredible. He is the ultimate actor's director. I can't stress that enough. Like, just, he knows the answer to the question before you ask it. Yes. And he is just so wonderfully nurturing. And that's not something that we always experience as an actor, especially if you're doing a show that has to be put up in like a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he, my favorite thing that he does is that after every single rehearsal, when we do notes, he goes around to every single actor and asks us if we have a question. So he's like, Ryan, do you have a question today? Allie, do you have a question? Really? Lisa, do you have a question? And goes down the entire line, swings, covers, everybody asks us if we have a question, every single person and every single time. Wow. And I just, I, that always sticks with me because I'm like, that never happens. He just really cares that we feel nurtured and comfortable and wants to make sure that we feel heard and He's also somebody who I feel like he, if you, if you are not under quite understanding what he's giving you, like note wise, he has seven other ways to tell you how to figure that out. And like, it's wild. Whereas I feel like some directors would be like, um, they they, they, like sort of clam up. I don't know. Like he just has like 17 other ways to be like, okay, this is how I would like you to deliver it. And like, until you finally understand and wow. it's just fascinating. He, and he, he's such a big picture guy, which is something that is so far-fetched to me. I don't understand how directors do that. Like, I, I'm obviously an actor and very egotistical, so <laughs> I only think about myself. But his vision for, like, group scenes, it's, like, it's awe-inspiring. It wow, really is. Yeah. I love directors. It's always amazing to meet directors. It's wild. I wanted to ask you, because I had this crazy experience when I was in high school. I went uh-huh. to a Jimmy Buffett, co- Buffett concert. <gasps> have you ever been to one? I have not. They are insane. But I plan to yeah, go. Yeah. Um, are you so excited? It's coming? Like, it's opening. It, you guys are starting previews in February, I February think, February right? 16th. At the Marquee. What an yeah. amazing theater. I'm so excited. I've seen so many fun things there. Yeah, I'm excited same. to be... I'll be. I'm just like working my way up the forties. I did bring it on on forty fourth. Yep. This will be on forty fifth. I did if then on forty sixth. Yes. I'm just trying to get. Oh, you've every- been at all those great theaters. You were at the St. James, uh-huh. and then you were at the Rogers. Is that the right? The show before Hamilton. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Lynn's going to have to do a show somewhere else for five seconds. He won't. He, he swears by the Richard <laughs> Rogers. He won't do one anywhere else. You know, it's my guess. Although there'll be a second production of Hamilton on Broadway or something. Can you imagine? <laughs> that's a great idea. Oh, thank you. That's I'll, never I'll been take ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but don't you feel like it would sell just as much as the I absolutely other one? do. Oh, I absolutely do. <laughs> I want to go back to your growing up years, um, which you're like not far. You're like still in. I feel like I'm still seventeen. <laughs> taking my jacket off. Sorry I just wonder, this. like, when you discovered this amazing voice that you have. When oh did God. you have the moment that you're like, oh damn, I can really sing? Well, I grew up in Cumming, Georgia, like I said, and I, I actually didn't perform. Till much later in life, comparatively, I feel like to a lot of children these days who can like belt from the age of three. Yeah. Um, I played very competitive softball for like 11 years. Whoa. Yeah. Really sporty. Sporty <laughs> size. Um, and then I moved around a lot as a child and I was going to a new school in the eighth grade and they were doing the musical Annie and I was like, I'm going to try yes. musical. I don't know. Wh- I don't, I don't know why. But- Tell me that you were Hannigan. Tell me that well, was Hannigan. Uh, well, you, you shall find out. <laughs> I basically just listened to Andrea McArdle and tried to copy her voice over and over and over and over again. And I went and auditioned and I was like, I got this. I want to be Annie so badly. And the cast list came out and I was Mr. Bundles. What? 
What on earth are yep. you? Wh- who even is that? The laundry man. He comes in. He's like, hey, 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 Aggie, how's the finest gal no. south of 14th Street? Yeah. How- Three lines. Ugh, were you devastated? I was so devastated. My mom was devastated. Like it, but then it was fine because I made the most of those three lines. Of course you did. And then I was very brand new. So it's, I probably was just like yelling with no sort of concept of pitch, like just screaming, but like there was something in there. And then throughout that year, the teacher started to notice she's like, okay, she's really funny. She's got this. (laughs) And And then I went to high school and I had an amazing, um, uh, theater director and we did so many musicals and I sort of just got to hone it there and I I discovered that that was something that I was like I'm gonna do this for a wow. very long time so and then you you went to NYU mm-hmm. did you and you auditioned for cap 21 is that right mm-hmm. and you got in mm-hmm. it was at your dream school that was my number one school that I wanted to go to though. where I else just did you wanted apply? to um I went or I almost went to University of Oklahoma but then I was like I'm gonna kick myself if I don't go to New York City yeah um Emerson I went to Emerson you did Mm -hmm. I I loved Boston yeah Boston's a great college town it's a great college town really is I mean it just I love the town no matter what but um uh where else did I I applied to Michigan did not get in there it was like every Keenan Bolger that year just like took up the roles exactly that's my that's my standing Michigan joke I'm gonna make it every time yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they they absolutely did. Although I think they were already there. Well, yes, I think just Andrew was there. But I had to like I do a piano audition. I'm like, I can't play the piano. Oh wow! Yeah, you had to like play piano for your audition at Michigan. Yes. I mean, they gotta weed these kids out somehow. Seriously, I guess. seriously. Um, and that, but yeah. So, but NYU was my number one goal. Um, just because I wanted to be in New York, and I had never been to New York. And I, oh my I'd, god! Like, I just was like, I want to go there. That's where Broadway is. And you moved to your sight unseen. Yeah. Well, I got in and my mom, I, I, my family is humongous. We have, I have a lot of siblings and we're middle class. Like she was like, we cannot afford this. Like this right, is not going to happen. Not. And I just cried and cried and cried and she felt so bad. Like it just wasn't going to happen. So I was like, can we please just go visit? Can we please just like go to the, you know, the opening or, or I guess like the, you get accepted and then you get to, you go to this day where yeah. you all accepted students can tour the, the college. And we went and um, we went to the financial aid office to see if they're going to give us anything. And I almost got a full ride, like, except for some housing stuff. And I was just like crying. And just NYU going would... to the financial aid office and asking well, for it. I, we didn't, I didn't know the process. So I didn't uh-huh. know, like look for that or like, I didn't know that I, but they had already awarded it to me and I didn't know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so I'm just crying. And my mom was like, I knew that was when you, that was I'm the moment cry. I lost you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I was just a kid in a candy store. And yeah, so I I went there and I I was an RA and I, an admissions officer or admissions ambassador rather and gave tours to incoming students and just worked, you know, during the school year. And um and then I left in the middle of my junior year to do bring it on. Yeah, okay. So the thing that I read was that Bernie Telsey saw you perform at a benefit. Yeah. I mean, you guys do the benefits. Do Get the benefits. Get out there, show your faces and your talent. Yeah. Well, this was actually a foundation that's very close to my heart is the Broadway Dreams Foundation, which I started as a student. What um, do they do? They are an arts organization that bring Broadway performers now all over the world to do intensive, like week-long intensives. Um, and you, at the end of the week, you get to perform with the Broadway stars that you oh, taught you all wow. week. Yeah. So I started as a student there and cause it started in Atlanta and, um, and then now I go back like full circle and on the faculty there and teach and, but I was doing a benefit for them. It was their first showcase. They do a showcase every year in New York city and it was the very first one. And I was singing somebody to love with Paul Kanan from Kinky 
boots who oh I love. Oh, my God. Um, and, yeah, Bernie was there, and he was like, this girl needs to come in for Bring It On. And the next day, they were doing – this was for the reading of Bring It On, like the very – like one of the very first readings. And I went in the next day, and th- that was it. It's like, Bernie, what were you going to do if you, if you hadn't met Ryan? Then? Right. Was there going to be no Bridget? Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, the Lynn always says that he – they saw a ton of people and they were like, when she came in, that's when we knew it was like, it was uh, like, it couldn't be more perfect. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's gross that I just told that story. No, 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 please. <laughs> you should have that story tattooed on your arm. I know it, but it really was, it just was such a right fit. Like I am Bridget. She is like in me. Like yeah. it, it just right. And I, I feel like I was so young and had no idea what was happening at the time that like that just completely worked in my favor. Like I was Bridget. Yes, like I totally. was, I was like 19 years old I probably had no idea who was behind the table, like Tom mm-hmm. Kitt, Amanda Green, Jeff Witte, Andy Blankenbuehl. Like I, pro- like I think I found out after the fact. Like Rachel was just like, "Okay, we're gonna g- we're go in." And <laughs> Rachel Hoffman works. Um, uh, she's at Tulsi, and she works with Broadway Dreams as well. So she. You know, she was, she coaxed me. And then uh, it was just, it was Taylor awesome. Louderman told me the funniest story. I couldn't get it into the episode oh, about no. Bring It On, but she said that she had been at school and, like, she was in an intro to musical theater class and she had, like, Tom Kitt on, like, one side of a flashcard and, like, next to normal uh-huh. and, like, Urban Cowboy and the other, like, Lin Miranda in the Heights. Like, she didn't know who these people were. And yeah. she said that when she, when she went in there and she got the part, she had them sign the flashcards she made about them. Oh, my God. She has never told me that story. Isn't that crazy? I love, I was at her birthday party last last night oh, famous she's so superstar great. yeah i mean my oh bring it on is i mean um mean girls is gonna be i insane. know i'm so excited to see it how was that that workshop process for you like for, how, bring it on yeah because it was your first like professional gig right yeah my first professional anything um you so you made the decision to leave school yeah and was that when you got the workshop or was that when it when you got like the tour well it was when i got we did a atlanta premiere before the tour yeah so um, I got the reading and I actually did the reading, um, the, on our Christmas or holiday break oh, at NYU. So that's I, had, I know it like fell in between. Um, and then I had to go back the next semester and I was like, oh, well, I want to be on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I think it was like a few, it was kind of like, okay. <laughs> um, but then, uh, yeah, Atlanta was happening a few months later and Rachel and everybody, they were sort of just like, "You, this is going to be good. Like, you need to, you need to do this. You need to leave and come, wow. come do bring it on." So yeah, then we did. We, there was a few workshops in the summertime, and I had made the decision to leave, and it was. I didn't really think twice about it. I, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "This is what I'm going to school for." And <laughs> right. NYU was great about it, and they were like, "Fly, grasshopper." Yeah. yeah. Is that the right saying? I don't know. Um, but it is now. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, and then I I did we did the workshops and speaking of collaborative team, like that was the ultimate. Like just yeah, it was so. I remember one day I uh, my song in Act Two, Ain't No Thing, with uh, Ari and Greg. Um, we were we were singing it one day and we had rehearsed it the day before and they it just said it used to say Ryan riffs. And they, it wasn't written. And then I came in oh, the next that day. Riff is amazing. And they and Tom had written out the notes of the riff. And I was like, Oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever in my entire life. Oh. And I was like, That is like the epitome of developing a musical. Like yes. seeing that happen, and just that was pretty surreal. You can get love long as you love what you got. Gonna French kiss with tongue like I dreamed I do. And not just in my pillow, but with you. You know who. You 
so that's it. so that riff that you do at that now that that whole, mm-hmm. listen to me try to like emulate <laughs> <your> <laughs> <ear>. <laughs> so that's just written like that. out yeah wow yeah. I, I have to tell you what I'm thinking of it. I have a three-year-old daughter, and uh-huh. I say to her all the time, I got you, like, Pokemon and Pikachu. Oh, I say to her all the time. I love that. She looks at me like I'm insane. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing, <laughs> Daddy, Dad? Daddy, what are you talking about? Stop <laughs> being such a weirdo. <laughs> so you guys go to, you went to Atlanta and then California, right? Uh, we did Atlanta, and then we, um, that was in, like, December? I'm going to pretend like I don't know all no, the dates. I don't know all the dates either. We're not even going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> we did Atlanta and then we did the pre-Broadway tour. So And that started in LA. So we were there for two months teching and previewing and yeah. being in LA. And, and then there's this great video of the producer, uh, whose name I'm forgetting now. Mike, Mike Isaacson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Telling best. all of you that you were going to Broadway. Yeah. Did you remember that? Do you remember that moment? Oh, totally. We were in Toronto. It was, it was kind of crazy because... We did the whole tour just hoping for that, but obviously you never know. And like so many shows are trying to get on Broadway. Like we, we didn't, we dreamt of it, but we didn't actually know what was going to happen. So it was funny, like throughout the entire tour, like midway through anytime the producers would come to a city, we'd be like, okay, this is when they're going to tell us guys. (laughs) And we'd like spread the rumor. We're like, guys, Mike's coming tonight. Guys, Kristen Cassie's coming tonight. This is when they're going to tell us. And then it would never have it. And they would just be like, guys, just checking in. How's it going? They'd like come into the city and just like watch the show. And then we'd be devastated. (laughs) But then finally our last stop was Toronto in Canada. And we were there for five weeks and midway through Toronto is when that video was shot. And we all just like freaked the f out yeah um it was so exciting but they were like okay we have a week off from tour and then we're starting rehearsal right you guys later. had like 29 days between yeah like yeah closing and previews or something yeah it was crazy yeah like we finished the tour in june and we opened on august 1st yeah it, it was absolutely wild but that yeah that day was pretty crazy and we were all kids like we right just babies. Yeah. It was like 33 Broadway debuts in that yes, show. I think 34 or something. Do you remember the first time you walked out onto the stage on the Saint ja- at the St. James? Um, I, I, It all was such a blur because yeah. it was all just so cool always. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. Like, I was... It, it sh- uh, that something like that though is kind of crazy because we toured it so many times and there were so many new stages and so many yeah. opening nights and but like that one was the ultimate one just every single night playing that part and just hearing girls at the stage door be like brown thank you so much i just like seeing themselves on stage and these characters and like loving bridget as much as i loved her it was so crazy it was so crazy before we move on i just have to ask you about like embodying bridget yeah you know to get a part like that Mm -hmm. so early in your career Mm -hmm. were you like was it always fun or did you have a hard time finding the character or like did you feel the responsibility because bridget is a certain type to like represent in a certain way like how how was all that for you it was always fun it was never stressful i think just because she is such a goober yeah like they let me play and a lot of times andy to his credit he wanted to make sure that we weren't being caricatures of these characters he he would always say we are real humans in heightened situations Mm -hmm. and we wanted to really you know root it in honesty and make sure that that is what we were leading with and that sort of was 
our basis. So we'd, we'd have to be pulled back a lot, especially the like Bridget and my and Greg Haney who played La Cienega. Oh, like I we had that. a blast and we were always messing around <laughs> and just trying to push boundaries. And so I, the only difficult part I think was just like being, you know, coaxed back, like guys, calm down. Andy, Andy would always say that um, if there was a book on pulling focus, I would be chapter one and Greg Haney would be chapter two. <laughs> That's like so great. yeah, so we do have to be we would have to be pulled back a little bit, but like well, it's better to be pulled back than be yes. like, hey, can you guys give me something? Totally. I yeah, always yeah. say, yeah, I tell myself that to go to sleep at night. Um, no, but it was just it was she was she was such an everyman. Like I feel like there's Bridget is everyone, and like that I feel like I at least I try to in every character that I do lead with honesty and that's that's all that you needed to do because jeff is so freaking funny yeah like his book was so his book was so smart and a lot of the lines just like they didn't need any colors they didn't we didn't need hats on Uh hats on hats like Uh it was just it was just innately funny and so we just you know focusing on that was the best but like being her was just so fulfilling like i got that song every night and like the arc was you know, everybody was rooting for her and like, who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. So when that ended, you went right into If, if then. then. Yeah. And it wasn't right into it, but we did a, a reading. One of the first readings of If Then was, and I think like bring it on closed in December. And we did the reading and of If Then in that November. So we did that reading and then there was another workshop in April. And then we went to DC, the national theater with If Then a few months later. What did you do for money in that time? Like, did you, are you a good saver? Like, did I, you... I mean, we went on tour with Bring It On first. Right, so totally. like somehow I managed to save. save. Yeah. And the other good thing about Broadway Dreams is that it's a great for actors in the in-between. So I constantly am teaching with them and going on these, oh, going so to teach great. the intensives. And, so yeah. you've never had to have a survival job since you started. Knock on wood. Wow, that is amazing. Yes. But there's been, it's been we've got close. Yeah. Like some of these off-Broadway <laughs> gigs where they pay me two cents. Right, of course. Um, It got close, but I've been very, very lucky. <laughs> so if then was like, how was that experience for you? It was so great. I, it Working with those people was like a master class every single day. And yeah. Did you cover anybody in that show? I didn't. I was, I think I was the only girl that didn't cover anybody, which was kind of weird. Wow. And I didn't mind. I was like, sure, great. Yeah, this yeah is awesome. of course. Totally. Um, I also don't know if they're, I mean, I, I probably could have covered Tamika, the mm-hmm. Elena character, um, but they had um, swings as well. Um, were you there? Jen Kalila told us when she was on the podcast about the one night that she went on for Adina Menzel. Uh-huh. Were you there for that? Oh, I sure was. What an insane story that is. It was crazy. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. I love her so much. I know. She's amazing. She's amazing. She really is. I love that show. I lo- I saw If Then twice, and it was such a... It was... It was um, it, it was at a weird time because it was right when Adina Menzel was becoming like a super famous person. It was so weird. Yeah. But she was like a workhorse, right? Like she never called out. No, she's amazing. Like she's the kind of person that will just like be bleeding from the throat and still be like, I'm doing this. I'm yeah. doing like yeah. she is such a champion and she it was a wild time like she had frozen happening while we were in dc and it came out and we all we all went to see it as a as a cast with her no she wasn't there she had to fly out for something some press thing i believe but we all went to see it and we were like 
oh my God, this is so good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> What's yeah. happening? And then it just sort of blew up. And then the Oscars were during our preview, like right before opening night of, on Broadway. It was, wow. I can't imagine being inside her mind at that time. And like, that's when Adele Dazeem happened and when right? like oh all God, this right? stuff and which she loved and thought was so hilarious. And it just was all happening at the same time. It was so crazy. I can't imagine what that must have felt like. No, I mean, what, I, what I'm what i wondering is, like, as a young actor, being around these, like, you know, Adina and LaShawns and mm-hmm. Jen Clella, these, like, women who have really, like, all three of them different, you know, mm-hmm. like... LaShawn's like a woman of color, like Jen Colella, like an out and proud, like member of the mm-hmm. LGBT community. And yeah. Adina, like, what do you look to these women to sort of learn? Like, what do you, what are you trying to absorb from them? Um, I mean, especially with those three, I felt like I really just wanted to focus on them being fierce ladies in this business that can be so demeaning and sort yeah. of tear you down in a lot of ways. And they're just like the, brightest lights like yeah adina was tired sometimes and she had her moments and yeah lashans was tired and had two daughters that she had to get to school and yeah like everybody had their stuff but like they it was such a chill group like everyone's always like what was it like to work with these famous like musical theater royalty everyone you wouldn't even know like yeah you wouldn't know that jerry dixon was who jerry dixon is and like you wouldn't you just would have no idea because they're so calm and chill and down to earth and just like appear and it it was wild I, and i just tried to take that in as much as possible and just you know try to like you know through osmosis put that on me and be like okay yeah this you can the longevity is key and like they're still rocking it and making it happen as these fierce musical theater ladies. I don't know. I just sort of tried to like to focus on their work ethic and, you know, take in everything I could with how Michael Greif worked with them and just sort of, you know, watch from the outside. And that's another thing is like working with Michael Greif. Like, did you grow? I know you're a lot younger than me, but did you grow up with rent? Like, was that a thing? Totally. How was it to be in a room with like the director of rent to be working with him, to be hired by him? I know it was kind of surreal. I, 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 I remember I saw the Rent movie. I think I was the only one in the the movie theater in coming Georgia. I'm pretty sure. Just because, like, I'm from the South. Like, the people have no right, idea yeah. about this sort of thing. And um, I remember when, when Tom asked me to do the thing, the thing called If Then, it was such a no-brainer because I was like, this is everyone from Rent. Yeah. <laughs> Every single person from Rent. That's so crazy. It really was. And Michael is so smart and has every single thing planned like you could never imagine like yeah i'm like how do you do that how do you do that homework like he knows when he wants you to move on what line like the preparation that that man goes through is mind-blowing he seems so i got to interview him for the um for the uh, next normal episode mm-hmm. of Broadway Baxter that we did for mm-hmm. the first season. Yeah. And he was very, I was nervous to meet him mm-hmm. because he's such a legend and because I respect and I revere him so much. So mm-hmm. I was very prepared. Yeah. And he seemed very appreciative of that. Yeah. Is he warm? He doesn't strike me as warm. And do you need somebody to be like, do you need a director to be warm? I don't. It's <laughs> nice when they are. Um, but I, I feel like with directors, the beauty of, them all being so unique is that each of them brings something different to the table. And yeah, so interesting. That's a great point. Yeah. Like 
with Michael, he's just so smart and there are so many things happening in his mind that I don't, I wouldn't say that he leads with warm, but he is a warm human being. Like he's got beautiful children and he's such a loving man. Um, but I, I feel like his aesthetic is sort of like, let's, we're going to do the work first right? Yeah, and then we'll get to that, which I totally respect as well. I'm interested because it, it was it, it's about you specifically. It was mm-hmm. weird for me to see you in a smaller part in mm-hmm. If Then because I was I like I'm wondering if you have a lot of people out there like me that are big fans of you <laughs> that see you do like gi- gigantic and you're yes. like yes we get all Ryan Redman and yeah. then, and then, then well you-, you and my grandparents and my mom <laughs> my agent and my manager no you yes. must have like a ton of Twitter followers that are obsessed with you I do I do. <laughs> What is the, how do you provide for them the Ryan outlet that they want? Uh, Well, I mean, I try to do a lot of concerts. I try not to say no to stuff like that. And I'm just trying to, you know, book the things and do all of the stuff and hope that, you know, that more comes and, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're nailing it. Thank you. <laughs> um, can we talk about Gigantic for a minute? We can. Put on the sneakers. Walk out the door. This is what you came here for. So gigantic! I remember I didn't get a chance to see it. I feel like I couldn't get tickets because oh, the man. acorn is so it's tiny. tiny. Yeah, um, but it was a big deal. People it was. were talking about that. Like it was, people loved that show. I loved that show too. How did you book? I know that show has a pretty cool evolution of like it started at the Nymph, I think, or something. It started like a yeah, small it's been festival. around for a while. Yeah, and then it, so if, if you wouldn't mind sort of like telling people what it was about and what your role in it was. Totally. Well, it originally was called fat camp right so it was um it was about this uh camp for overweight teens and just sort of the comedy that ensues and the love stories and the villainous villainization mm-hmm. <laughs> of the certain characters i don't know if that's a word i'm doing really well with grammar today um but yeah just sort of you know and it, the great thing about it was that it was showing that people who are thicker can have feelings and like fall in love and be mean also. And, um, yeah, so that's sort of what it was. And I got to be Taylor who was like the straight, like ingenue in quotations, if you will. And she just like was there to actually lose weight and like feel good about herself and find a boyfriend. Whereas like most of the other ones there were just like, oh, I'm hiding my candy and <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really not focusing there. on this. Yeah. My mom can't, made me come here. Um, <laughs> but Taylor's, you know, thing was that she wanted to go and lose the weight and, um, she falls in love with uh, one of the other guys at the at the um, camp, and he breaks her heart in the process, and you know all this stuff. So yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. just fun for me to to do that sort of thing and not be like the sidekick and the gadaka gadaka. Yeah, like totally. It was just it was so cool for me to dive into that because I do love to do those parts. Like I, you know, I would love to be the one that falls in love on stage, and yeah. I would like to not always be made fun of. And I, yeah. I, it was so cool that I got to do that on a New York stage and have people come see me and be like, "Oh my gosh, right, such a beautiful dramatic actress." I'm like, "Thank you." <laughs> Comedy like, is I rooted in, in that. Like, 
I try really hard and I love, I love, I just love to get any chance I get to do that sort of thing. And I did a solo show at 54 below, um, two years back and, some of my friends would come to the show and they're like, you did so many sad songs, right? I'm like, yes, I never get to do them. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, but that was a really fun show that, I mean, it's been sort of plighted with lots of, you know, turmoil and yep. I'm glad that we got to do the run. I wish that, you know, something was going to happen later down the line. Maybe it still can. I hope so. But um, it was a really fun run and I love to do the that character and... Yeah, I just wish something would happen with it. Because it sort of always like gets there and then something happens and it doesn't yeah. move on. Like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what else would happen. It, it's, it was good in a small theater. Um, Those theater row theaters are awesome. Yeah. Uh, the Acorn is good. I did wonder at, at the um, Oh, Kirk. yeah. Um, God, everybody I love was in that show. Be- I, like, I be- that was like Beth Malone's first thing in New York. Oh, yeah. Well, I did the one, that, the one that's running right now. I didn't do that one with, yeah. with them. But um but yeah, that's also in theater row. Ryan Redman, I am obsessed with you. I'm, I'm so glad we did this. Thank you for coming. Will you come for back? Anytime. We'll come and chat like maybe during the run of Marguerite Deville. Totally. Anytime I can talk about myself is great. <laughs> well, we're happy to provide the forum for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, girl. Oh my gosh. Okay, welcome. Bye. Bye. Hey, you guys, just a reminder that BroadwayCon 2018 is this weekend. Full weekend passes and day passes are still available. You can find information and tickets at broadwaycon.com. Theater People is produced by Mike Jensen and me. Mike edited this episode. Special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Robbie Roselle, Carol Spellman, Cynthia Wallach, and Ty Williams. Special thanks also to Steve Tipton, Eric Emsch, Keith Allen Herzog, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back after BroadwayCon. Until then, mwah! we'll see you very soon. I got you to hang out with day through.